I dreamed of traveling the long road, singing my songs to that distant stranger. Yes, I know it's sad for you, but it's something I got to do. And I will be coming home, back to the mountains, back to being free from all there is to be. Coming home to live and the life I once knew. Hello, everyone. And welcome to Bedtime Bible Boys with Brock, Trey, and Theron TJ. Thanks Thanks for for listening. We love you, Mom. And you too, Gail. Tonight we are reading Daniel chapter 7, verse 1, continuing in our study in the book of Daniel. Last night we read about his deliverance from the lion's den, and that King Darius turned his heart away from his pride and to the true and living God. And tonight we continue with Daniel's story. We're going to jump back. Remember I said chapter 6 was a little out of order. We're going to jump back to something that was previous to chapter 5. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions passed through his mind as he was lying in bed. He wrote down the substance of his dream. That's a good idea when you have dreams that you don't understand but you think are spiritually significant. Write them down. I think Daniel's given us a good lesson here. In dreams like that, wouldn't you feel the spirit in in you while you're sleeping? Kinda. Like, wouldn't wouldn't you get a feeling that you know it's from the spirit? I think so. I think so. I think you're right. But it doesn't always mean you'll have like a perfect understanding of what it means, right? Mm -hmm. Or that you'll remember it. So still good to write it down. But yeah, I think you're right. Daniel said, In my vision at night, I looked, and there before me were the four winds of heaven, churning up the great sea. Four great beasts, each different from the others, came up out of the sea. The first was like a lion, and it had wings of an eagle. I watched until its wings were torn off, and it was lifted from the ground so that it stood on two feet like a man, and the heart of a man was given to it. And there before me was a second beast, which looked like a bear. It was raised up on one of its sides, and it had three ribs in its mouth, between its teeth. It was told, Get up, eat your fill of flesh. After that I looked, and there before me was another beast, one that looked like a leopard, and on its back it had four wings, like those of a bird. This beast had four heads, and it was given authority to rule. After that, in my vision at night, I looked, and there before me was a fourth beast, terrifying and frightening, and very powerful. It had large iron teeth. It crushed and devoured its victims and trampled underfoot whatever was left. It was different from all the former beasts, and it had ten horns. I have no idea what all this stuff is. I'm thinking like the the lion with the wings mm-hmm. is almost like um, God the lion taking human form 
is the first piece. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not completely sure what the second piece is. But it was the, a bear. Mm-hmm. But the third piece was a leopard with four wings on its back. Mm-hmm. And then what else the authority to rule. Wouldn't that be like the four dominant? That's what I thought. Yeah. And then the fourth beast is like sin, death, the devil. It seems like Rome, which Rome certainly represents some things that were... Like the beast in the end times that it talks about. Yeah. Well, and it's just because it, it depicts iron so much, it seems like it's like a Roman thing and that Ooh. the Romans crushed whoever they went against. Maybe that's the... Maybe it's the same thing as like the Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar's statue. Well, see, that's this is not a bad um, thing to put together here. Basically, it says the in in the footnotes, the lion with an eagle's wings represents Babylon, with her mm. swift conquest. Statues of winged lions have been recovered from Babylon's ruins. Okay, the bear that ravaged the lion—that's where the three ribs came from. Was Medo Persians. The, the bear, yes, was the Medo Persians. Good job, Brock. Three ribs in its mouth represent the conquest of three major enemies. The leopard is the has to be like Greece. Persian? Greeks, no. that's right. The leopard is Greece. Its wings show the swiftness of Alexander the Great's campaign as he conquered much of the civilized world in four years. The leopard's four heads are the four divisions of the Greek Empire after Alexander's death. The fourth beast points to both Rome and the end times. Good job. Many Bible scholars believe that the horns correspond to ten kings who will reign shortly before God sets up his everlasting kingdom. These ten kings had still not come to power at the time of John's vision recorded in the book of Revelation. The little horn is a future human ruler or the Antichrist. God is illustrating the final end of all worldly kingdoms in contrast to his eternal kingdom. Is the Antichrist the... like the... Not Christ, the opposite of Christ. That's right. That's right. The opposite of Christ. That's the best way of saying it. How did the uh, the people that wrote the Bible, that Bible fit, figure out what the dream meant? Well, we have the advantage of history, of looking through history and seeing what all these things meant. And, I mean, David, or David, Daniel didn't. He was dreaming them in before they had happened, right? But we can look back, and like they said, there was a lot of ruins of statues of winged lions in the Babylonian Empire. So we know that that's a picture of us that Babylon, you know, the Babylonians were that and we know that the Mesopotamians came the Medo-Persians came and took out the Babylonians similar to the way a bear takes out its prey just gone, right? We read about that story. That was the writing on the wall. It says that we know that the leopard in its four heads represents Alexander the Great's uh, reign and how he set up four divisions across the Greek Empire. Well, Daniel would have known that, but now we can look back and say, oh, that those are the four divisions of the ancient Greece Empire. And of course, the last one we know because of the book of Revelations, just like you said. It reminds us of the ten-horned animals uh, or beasts that are in the book of Revelations, and the iron, of course, speaks to the Roman Empire. Now, Daniel would not have known 
what the Roman Empire was going to be. But we know that iron always speaks of the Roman Empire, right? Anyway, I bet the Antichrist is basically going to do what Jesus on Earth did, but in a bad way. Like, all bad, basically. He's a deceiver. That's right. He is a total deceiver. So, good job. Between the three of us, we were pretty close on a lot of that stuff. And in verse 8, it says, While I was thinking about the horns, there before me was another horn, a little one, which came up among them, and three of the first horns were uprooted before it. This horn had eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth that spoke boastfully. As I looked, thrones were set in place, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was white as snow. Who are they talking about? The Ancient of Days. His um, clothing, white as snow. White as snow God. represents like cleanness, like Jesus. Jesus, that's right. The hair of his head was white like wool. His throne was flaming with fire. Good job, Brock. With God, too. And its wheels were all ablaze. A river of fire was flowing, coming out from before him. Thousands upon thousands attended him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated, and the books were opened. Then I continued to watch because of the boastful words the horn was speaking. I kept looking until the beast was slain and its body destroyed and thrown into the blazing fire. The other beasts had been stripped of their authority but were allowed to live for a period of time. In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. So isn't this kind of crazy how the book of Daniel actually ties into the book of Revelations right there? Yeah, I was realizing he was kind of having a small vision, but in like pretty much different like detail than the end times in like a tiny bit, like a tiny bit of it, mm-hmm. but not like what it actually would look like. Yeah, this is this is really neat. And then in verse fifteen, I Daniel was troubled in spirit. And the visions that passed through my mind disturbed me. I approached one of those standing there and asked him the true meaning of all this. So he told me and gave me the interpretation of these things. The four great beasts are four kingdoms that will rise from the earth. But the saints of the Most High will receive the kingdom and will possess it forever. Yes, forever and ever. Then I wanted to know the true meaning of the fourth beast which was different from all the others and most terrifying, with its iron teeth and bronze claws. The beast that crushed and devoured its victims and trampled underfoot whatever was left. I also wanted to know about the ten horns on its head and about the other horn that came up, before which three of them fell. The horn that looked more imposing than the others, and that had eyes and a mouth that spoke boastfully. As I watched, this horn was waging war against the saints and defeating them, until the Ancient of Days came and pronounced judgment in the favor of the saints of the Most High, and the time came when they possessed the kingdom. One thing to highlight there, notice the saints of the Most High, they were being defeated, right? So sometimes you might go through your life and you might see sometimes where you feel like Sometimes people who are following the Lord are being defeated. From a world's point of view, it looks like they're being defeated. 
But that's why we always say we're fighting our battles from a position of victory because we have the word and the word tells us how this story ends. So we don't have to get disheartened when we necessarily see that happening because we know that ultimately victory is ours because Christ has already won it for us. So don't get discouraged, don't doubt, don't let your hope and faith waver because of these situations because the Bible tells you they will happen. You will see this. But don't worry because that only lasts until the ancient of days, God himself came and pronounced judgment in favor of the saints of the Most High. And the time came when they possessed the kingdom. In verse 23, he gave me this explanation. The fourth beast is a fourth kingdom that will appear on earth. It will be different from all the other kingdoms and will devour the whole earth, trampling it down and crushing it. The ten horns are ten kings who will come from this kingdom. After them, another king will arise, different from the earlier ones. He will subdue three kings. He will speak against the Most High and oppress his saints and try to change the set times and the laws. The saints will be handed over to him for a time, times and a half a time. There you go. But the court will sit and his power will be taken away and completely destroyed forever. Then the sovereignty, power, and greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven will be handed over to the saints, the people of the Most High. His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom, and all rulers will worship and obey him. This is the end of the matter. I, Daniel, was deeply troubled by my thoughts, and my face turned pale, but I kept the matter to myself. You know what's kind of interesting? Daniel interpreted a lot of dreams right? He interpreted a lot of Nebuchadnezzar's visions and dreams, and he was known as the guy who could do this. But whose dream couldn't he interpret? His own. His own. You know, sometimes I think God gives the gift of healing, but I'm not going to say this as a matter of fact, but what I've recognized is that for people who have the gift of healing, they're not as able to heal themselves. Or people who have the gift of prophecy. They're not as able to prophesy over themselves. I wonder if this is because the Lord wants us to depend on him and depend on people. He wants us to interact with people. He wants us to be in relationship. He doesn't want us to have all the spiritual gifts so we can use them on ourselves and go into isolation. He wants us to build relationships, you know, and depend on the body of Christ. Whenever you have a spiritual gift, just understand if you're very strong in something, you should be reaching out to somebody else to edify you with that same thing. Like if you have really strong faith, faith that can move mountains, and then when you have something come up in your life that requires faith, find somebody who you know of great faith and have them have faith for you. Does that make sense? You can heal everybody else, but when you need healing, find somebody you trust to, to pray over you, to lay hands on you, to intercede to acknowledge the body of Christ for you because you may not be as able to do it for yourself as you are for other people. And in this case, Daniel shows us that example and reminds us that we do need the body of Christ. No matter how impressive we are, we need the body of Christ and we are the body. All right, boys, well, we can think on this some more. Interesting chapter, hard to understand. Very interesting. Yeah. I love you, boys. Love you too. Uh, you guys are good kids. Thank you.